do. Tell me the things that float your boat. Tell me the things that you don't like. Get your go. Tell me, tell me the place. Hello you like and welcome the to the MyPod Podcast, a podcast about technology, innovation, and palliative care. I'm your host, Amar Walsu. I'm an academic clinical lecturer in palliative medicine based here at the University of Liverpool. It's great to have you here with us once again. And I'm really excited about this episode as it marks the first episode where this podcast is part of the Liverpool Palliative Care Media Centre. Now, the Liverpool Palliative Care Media Centre is a new venture which is funded by the Friends of the University of Liverpool, where you'll be seeing more content which is educational around the arena of palliative care. So, the Malapal podcasts will be part of this, but watch this space to see some different forms of media. This podcast is also special because it's the first podcast where I've done an interview. So in this episode, we have Jane Isaac, who is a day therapy coordinator at Marie Curie Hospice, Liverpool. So without further ado, welcome to the show. Here is the interview. So everybody, welcome to the podcast. We have a special treat today. We are talking about day therapy, and I'm pleased to introduce to you Jane Isaac, who is a day therapy team leader in Marie Curie Hospice. So, hello, Jane. Hello, Amy. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for coming to do this. It's the first interview that we've done, so it's great to have you here with us. Great. So, I was just wondering if you could just start by telling uh, everybody who's listening just a little bit about yourself and what, what your role is. Okay, I mean, it's probably important to say that um, I'm a day therapy team leader, but I'm also an occupational therapist. And in my role in the day therapy area that I work in, that includes not only clinical level of skill, and so one-to-one patient contact, but also uh, the development of the team and the development of day therapy within palliative care. And that's generally sort of the outline of my role at the moment. Okay. That's fantastic. And just in case people aren't fully aware, an occupational therapist, what does an occupational therapist do? So I suppose the best way, I think, to describe occupational therapy is to sort of almost change the name. (laughs) So almost say a functional therapist. So if you think of occupation, it's anything that occupies you. So from the moment you get up in the morning to um, putting your slippers on, getting yourself washed and dressed, and to the work that you might carry out during the day. And when we mean sort of work, that could be actual you know physical work in the sense of a career or it could also mean just what fulfills that day and what kind of tasks you need to do what activity you need to do so occupational therapists work anywhere and everywhere but specifically for palliative care I think it's a real it's a real niche for occupational therapy because it's all about function independence and quality of life so it's for me it's kind of occupational therapy fits in there perfect and that, so in terms of palliative care, you've mentioned palliative care, this is a, a podcast about palliative care. So what does palliative care mean to you? I think for me, again, as an occupational therapist, but also somebody who's worked in hospice, I think, it, it, again, it encompasses the whole person. So, you know, that can mean so many different things to so many different people. But, you know, obviously we're looking at the physical element of things. But socially, that is a massive part of our role and a part of a role from an occupational therapist but also day therapy psychologically socially emotionally spiritually it's 
It's anything, going back to what I was saying about occupation, it's anything that occupies you physically or, or your mind, really. So for me, it means about all-encompassing and, and, and looking at actually what makes that individual them. Yeah, so that's great. And we've talked about yourself as an occupational therapist yeah. and we've talked about how that links in the power to care. And off the top, we talked about day therapy. Yes. So can you tell us what day therapy is? Okay, so and day therapy is, is different in, in lots of different settings, but a traditional day therapy service is usually run over a full day. Uh, and by that I mean from around sort of 10 till 3 really. And as part of that day therapy you would be expecting to assess an individual on their needs. So what we talked about, you know, what does palliative mean? We'd be assessing that person on what is that current issue that that patient might have that they may need support with. So it could be absolutely anything from confidence because they've been unwell or it might be around psychological issues around their diagnosis. It may be around loss of role or relationship in life. So it really is an in-depth assessment on getting to know that individual and what we might be able to support them with. And I think at that time, once you've done that assessment, it's about being able to share, this is what day therapy is about. These are, these are the things we might look into. So I suppose the best way is by using an example. If, say, somebody had come to us and been recently diagnosed and psychologically they were struggling to see how that, that fitted sort of into their general life, how that changed, it might be around looking at lifestyle management and how they're able to work through this new diagnosis and how that fits into life in general. So they would come to a period of rehabilitation, which for us at the moment is around 12 weeks, and and different places have different sort of uh, ways of of looking at that process. But for us, it gives a good understanding of a time and I suppose a benchmark to work on. So the person accessing day therapy has got that ability to say, okay, well, these are the aims we set out in the, the beginning. It was around sort of my understanding about prognosis and how that worked in my general life. And through those weeks of rehabilitation, so you may, you'd hope that you'd have your intervention from the full multidisciplinary team if it was necessary. So, for example, it may be that that person wants to get back into work. They've just been given this diagnosis. You know, how, how, how's that going to happen? You know, can I physically do it? Am I mentally capable? What does my working environment involve? So they might need a physiotherapist around sort of the physical side of that. They may need um, spiritual care around what support they're requiring as a person. They they need occupational therapy in terms of their working environment and the physical adaptations of that. So it's an absolute multitude of things, really. I suppose the specifics are whatever need that patient comes into day therapy with, it's being realistic about setting goals and is is that achievable within that time. I suppose it's really important to say that most day therapy centres work on a process of rehabilitation. So, you know, there's a reason for being assessed and attending the, the unit and then hopefully that person will be discharged at the end of that with hopefully, you know, more quality of life, a little bit more independence, whether that's through an adaptive approach, a rehabilitative approach, whatever has worked for that individual depending on their health, really. That's fantastic, Jane, because I remember when I first started palliative care, I was really amazed by how much actually went on in day therapy. Yeah. And as you mentioned there, there is a big multidisciplinary team yes. that's involved in the care, which I think sometimes isn't always... People aren't always aware of that, Definitely. are they? Definitely. And I think, I think that's the point, is, that, is why we stress sort of that rehabilitation approach, so that people are aware that 
this is something that's going to assist them. It's either going to increase their independence, maintain it, or assist them to change the way they're managing or looking at something. And again, a lot of these ideas aren't, you know, they're not something that's, you know, incredibly complex. But actually, until you find yourself in that situation, it may be that, you know, you've been living a certain way for such a long period of time that actually you don't, you're not aware how to change these things or which, which route to follow. And it's about providing that supportive nature so that we can support people to facilitate their own independence. The other thing I suppose to say about day therapy, and again, most day therapy centres have a huge emphasis on that social care and it's not to underestimate that social care yeah. you know it's that engagement into social social life so you're looking at somebody's well-being you know you're looking at somebody's engagement back into purposeful activity yeah, yeah. and the the results that are seen out of that are, are you know are, are fantastic in the sense that you're giving somebody a bit more control so for example we may have somebody who's quite physically limited limited but actually engaging in a, in a social group in that, in that sense gives them some control over, you know, perhaps an activity or something that they couldn't do before, but with support they could do. So you've done really well there for, I think, everybody listening and talking about what happens in day therapy. But the next question I have is, who can come to day therapy? Who okay. is day therapy for? I think if we're talking about day therapy and palliative care... There's, there's lots of sort of debates, I think, out there, depending on what is, what is, what's the health reason you're attending. So, f- for example, if you were somebody attending um, and you've got a cancer diagnosis, you know, there might be sort of different times in the, the, sort of the journey of that cancer diagnosis that we would be, be able to help at different uh, points. Then if you're somebody with more a condition, for example, like motor neuron disease or MS... I think it's really important for us to have that assessment when someone has got the ability to be able to access and make most use of day therapy. So what I'm not saying is is that they can't attend at the very later stages of their illness, but actually if we can capture somebody at an earlier stage of their illness, there might be things that we can adapt and support them so they can maintain that independence yeah. longer. And then again, you've got patients with breathlessness problems. Now, for us as therapists and as a team um, within day therapy, it's also key to get people to understand breathlessness management. Now, but if we get somebody with, you know, breathing complaint quite early, we can give them that technique and then off you go. And, you know, we may not see them for, for a period of months, whatever that might be. So it sounds very much, as you mentioned before, that it's really important to personalise the care that you, you're giving towards the individual. And you've, you've mentioned a bit about the difference between cancer and, and non-cancer. You talked about yeah. MS and uh, MN, MND, so kind of neurological conditions and, and the importance about trying to get those early. Can you just highlight maybe some of the differences between cancer yeah, and non-cancer Yeah, absolutely. Patients? And I think for, you know, within palliative care, obviously, you know, that therapy is available for, for anybody with a, a you know a palliative condition but it's it would be silly for us not to recognize those differences and I think when you're dealing with the non-cancer patients if you want to put it into categories in, in that respect there are different ways and there are different sort of processes in their health that will react very differently to cancer what we see on a very general term basis is that 
you know, cancer has that steady decline, whereas some of the, the heart failure patients, you, you know, you may get somebody who, and, and from a COPD perspective, who potentially has a chest infection, is really unwell for a period of time, and then improves. So it's about, it's, I suppose it's making sure that you tailor your intervention appropriately to need and that can still differ from one cancer patient to another cancer patient. So, you know, what, what we don't want to do is categorise them, but at the same time, it's also having that clinical reasoning behind what interventions you're providing and how that service, how the pattern is for that service. So for our day therapy service, it's a 12-week period of rehabilitation, and that's not hard and fast rule. It's more of a support for the patient and for us to have a benchmark to say, OK, how have we been doing what are, we, what are we missing? What are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? But at the same time, it may be that we come to that 12 weeks and we identify that actually, you know, day therapy is a key part to their quality of life and it's something that needs to continue. And as again, I can't stress enough how, you know, the programme of care must be individualised and it must be um, in conjunction, you know, it must be done together. Um, so that the patient can give us the true idea of how they are and what needs they have and we can give them a true reflection of how we can help them. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Jane. So what are the best things about day therapy? It's hard to say from um, a professional perspective because I suppose from my perspective it would be that it's all-encompassing. You know, I mean, we'd never want to say that we were the be-all and end-all and there aren't other professionals that we don't heavily rely on because we certainly do. For example, a lot of the community teams, community matrons, the community Macmillan nurses and especially CNSs. But I think we have an excellent ability of having time with patients. So you get to know that individual. You get to understand what it is that's important. You get to understand their priorities in this stage of life and, it, and it, it's a huge privilege to be part of that, that stage of somebody's life. You may be getting to know that person more and understand them more than maybe a close friend or a family and taking that precious information and being able to inject some kind of quality of life to, to that part of their life is definitely the best thing for yeah. me for patients I suppose we'd have to ask them and it's obviously really important that we ask them I think I suppose leaning on the fact that sometimes it's difficult to discharge patients because it does become a part of day to day their working week if you like and becomes a support and it's I do think we pride ourselves in being able to listen and being able to support and reflect on you know, how we can actively make a difference in their quality of life. So I'd, I'd hope that it increases patients' quality of life and certainly enables them rather than, you know, disenabling anybody. Yeah. And what are some of the challenges surrounding day therapy? You've highlighted a few of them already, but yeah. just if you can try to summarise a couple. Um, I think, again, the non-cancer and the cancer sort of categories we talked about. Sometimes, so there are different services available for different you know, conditions, diseases, and that can be frustrating. I think it can be frustrating for, in personal experience, for some of the non-cancer patients, I think it can be quite frustrating to feel that maybe they're not not as well supported, but I suppose financially a lot of the um, schemes and things are set for patients with cancer. And, you know, a lot of the non-cancer patients 
will sometimes make comment on that to say, you know, what's available for me, you know, in terms of funding or equipment or charitable services. And I think for, for cancer, there is a lot, you know, there's a lot of support and information out there. And, and for maybe some of our other groups of patients or maybe patients with things like dementia, not so much. But it, again, that's, it's really dependent on where you, you live. And as well, for some of the non-cancer patients to have that dip in their condition and then to, to sort of um, get back to a state of health but not to the state they were originally. But again, other challenges are around you know, other services in the community and how day therapy is perceived. So are we understood by other community services? Are we understood by local GPs? We certainly make a huge effort, and professionally it's our responsibility to feed into those community services to inform them of what's happening with that individual and to be using them as support alongside the services we provide. But I think sometimes there's a misunderstanding of what we provide even from professionals. And, you know, that's something we need to take responsibility over, and it's something we need to do about our education and services. I know we've talked in the past about some of the neurological conditions and some of the patients having to go to see professionals in clinics that they may only see maybe once or twice a year. And this is a patient that we've seen for an amount of weeks that how much in terms of their care and support, where's the best sort of place for them to receive that support? So I suppose going into the future, that's another challenge. And so you've mentioned the future, so... The final question, what does the future hold for day therapy? Well, let's hope the future's bright for day therapy. I think as we, you know, as we move along and we, we talk about the modern hospice, I think we need to talk about the modern, modern hospice. And some, sometimes I, I worry that patients fit service rather than service fits patient. And we are seeing a lot more, unfortunately, we are seeing a lot more younger patients with quite debilitating conditions and I think it's about providing the care that they need at the right time so I would hope for seven day working you know I'd hope for evening support we've tried in the past about carers groups I'd hope that the future held a lot more for carers and just a lot more I suppose drop in is is a word that we've used quite frequently recently and that's not to put any less emphasis on the support that a drop-in would provide, but I think people are keen to look at services where they can dip in and out. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if they're in work, can they go to a group at lunchtime or can they go to something in the evening? Can they come and access a bit of information and then go away? As At the moment, we run a traditional daycare service, and I think there's a huge benefit to that. But for you know, cohort patients that doesn't suit their need. And again, from my perspective, day therapy, you know, in lots of areas so that people don't have to travel so far to, um, you know, a particular centre and that there's something on their doorstep that actually makes it more accessible. People are more likely to participate, you know, and use that service. So, yeah, I think certainly increasing that service would be what I would hope to see in the future. And a lot more sort of group work in the sense of what we were talking about, about drop-in sessions, so people can access a certain group and then, and then go home. So that's what I'd hope for the future. Well, that's fantastic. Well, Jane, thank you very much for 
spending time to be interviewed. It's very enlightening and I'm sure that all the people out there listening have enjoyed uh, the past 15 minutes or so. So thank you for listening and until next time, goodbye. So hopefully you found this episode of MyPal interesting. If you want any further information about myself or the MyPal project, then please check out my website, which is www.amarawarsu.com. Music on this podcast is provided by Year of the Fiery Horse, a band that resides here in Liverpool. If you want any further information, then just click on the SoundCloud link, which can be found in the description attached to this podcast. So, thank you once again for listening to my pal. Here is Year of the Fiery Horse. Just see yourself. Take care. Bye.